Well, good morning, good morning. Who's excited to be in church today? Anybody? Come on. Hey, I want to welcome you. Uh, if this is your first time checking out Elevate Church, you're kind of kicking the tires of church, so to speak, maybe trying to figure out what faith is all about and what God has for your life. Let me be the first to welcome you personally. My name is Colby. I'm the pastor here. And you picked a great week to be here because we're in a series called Don't Be a Jerk Face. And we're not just talking about other people. We're also talking about you, all right? In fact, in this series, we're, we're kind of doing a little bit of us and them and us and them. Last week, we talked about them a little and how we kind of cope with the crazies in our life. Today, we're going to focus in on us and our attitudes and, and the way that we are a jerk face to those around us. Next week, we're going to talk about them again. So that's going to be fun again. You don't have to worry about you. And then we're going to wrap it up talking about us. How many of you... Uh, would admit it, admit the fact that you've ever gone to a chiropractor. Come on, raise your hand. You ever gone? A lot of messed up people in here, yeah. Like, Jesus healed everybody today. Listen, I went to the chiropractor for the first time ever this past week. Um, and it's not that I have anything against doctors. I just don't, I don't like to go to a doctor because ultimately I don't want a doctor to tell me I have high cholesterol, all right? Let's just be honest. Like, I, I eat okay. Well, I, I don't eat that good. Um, I work out a little bit. You know what it is. I just don't want to have to change my diet. So nothing against any physicians that we have here. All the physicians in the church, you are blessed and highly favored in, in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much for doing what you do. But I went for the first time this past week, and this guy kind of lays me down, and he starts assessing different things on my body, like my range of motion in my arms and in my legs, all that kind of stuff. I went in because... I'm the most inflexible person on the planet. You can ask my wife. I just have no flexibility whatsoever. You know, I get a little bit, my neck is stiff. I have a little bit of tightness in my chest because you guys stress me out. And so I decided <laughs> that I would go into a chiropractor. And so he's doing this thing. He's assessing me. And he rolls me over on my back. And he starts kind of, you know, messing with my neck a little bit. And he starts rolling my head around doing this, like, bobblehead kind of thing with and then he starts talking to me he's like so tell me about your family you know tell me about the church all this kind of and I'm just talking to him it's just kind of all right this is weird you know but whatever and then all of a sudden he goes crack <laughs> and it's like a gunshot went off in my ears I'm, I about jumped up off the table and bowed up on the guy and said look and he's like just he cracked my neck and then he starts doing it again and he's like, bobblehead thing, and, and then he's asking me more questions. I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, right? <laughs> and so I'm getting all tensed up. I'm like, don't do it. I'm not going to let you paralyze me or whatever. Just don't do it. And crack, and he cracks my neck again. But, you know, after that, it felt good. Like my range of motion, it, it felt good. And here's why, because when things are in alignment in your life, things are powerful. How many of you know that? When things are in alignment, things are, are powerful, but when they're out of alignment, things are painful in your life, are they not? Like we know this when it comes to our bodies, when things are working the way that they should, when things are functioning as they should, man, we're powerful. You know, it's amazing the bodies that God has given us, where it's amazing what we can do with them, but when they are out of alignment, like one thing, out of alignment, one thing can put you on your back, because when things are in alignment, they're powerful. When things are out of alignment, they are painful. How many of you know the same is true in relationships? When the relationships that are in your life are in alignment, 
when things are good, when you are seeing eye to eye, right? When things are clicking, when you're tracking with one another, that relationship is powerful, is it not? Like the encouragement that's built in that relationship, the trust that's built, the the strength that you have together is powerful. But when you're not seeing eye to eye, when things aren't clicking, when there's a lot of tension, when it's not working so well, it can be painful, can it not? They, They can be painful. I want to submit to you today, the same is true with your relationship with God. That when things are in alignment, when things are are right, when you are, you know, living under the blessing and favor of God, things are are powerful in your life. But when they aren't, it can be painful. And by the way, it's not because God is making it painful in your life. You know, it's because that we are living outside of of what God has has designed us to, to live under. We're not experiencing that full life that he has promised us in John 10, 10. It can be painful. Uh, it can make life very painful. And so in order to get into alignment with God, here's what it means. It means we have to first think the way that God thinks. If we're going to be in, in alignment with him, we've got to have the mind of Christ. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16, that we are to have the mind of Christ, that our thoughts should be his thoughts, that we should think about the things of God, that we should, we should go through our life thinking, what is it that God's thinking about? Like, and think about, about those kinds of things. And when I do that, I'm aligning myself with God. But here's what most of us do. When we find ourselves out of alignment, we start to think, well, how can I fix this? How can I change something in my life? How can I change my, my behavior? And I would say, we don't start by changing our behavior. We start by changing our thinking because it's our thinking that's ultimately driving our living, right? Like, like we... Everything that's happened in your life is a result of the thoughts that you first had that gave birth to that thing. So all the good things in your life are the result of thoughts that you had. All the the bad things, all the missteps and mistakes in your life are a result of, first of all, the thoughts that you had. So if we can change our thinking, then that will ultimately change our living. That's why Paul said this in Romans 12.2, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we are to be transformed by changing the way that we think. I'm going someplace with this. If we can can change the way that we think, then ultimately that's going to make a difference in the way that we live. But if I just try to change the way I live, if I just try to change my behavior without changing what I think, without changing what I believe, then I'm going to feel like a phony. I'm going to always be frustrated feeling like I changed something, but, but it's not really what I'm thinking. It's not really, you know, what, what I'm believing in my mind. That's why we have to start with changing the way that we think, and that will ultimately bleed into the way that we live. But it's not enough to simply have the mind of Christ. That's not where it should stop. It's not enough to just know what what Jesus would want or what what God is thinking about uh, a certain thing. It's not enough to just know the what because you can know the what. You could even be doing the what that God has called you to do, but did you know you could still be a jerk face while doing it? Colby, how does that work? If I know what God's calling me to do, if I'm actually doing what God's calling me to do, how can I still be a jerk face? Have you ever met this person that says, well, I'm a Christian, I'm following God. I'm obeying God's word. It's like, well, you sure look like you're having a lot of fun doing it, right? You seem like you got a lot of joy in your life. There's a difference between knowing what to do and the way that you are actually doing it. There's a big difference between the what and the way. Colby, what do you mean by the way? 
if you're a parent, uh, maybe you get this. Uh, maybe you, you've said this recently. I know when I was growing up and my dad would tell me to do something like, Colby, you need to go clean your room or you need to take the trash out or you need to, you know, um, do your homework. My, my immediate response would be just to stomp my feet, you know, kind of roll my eyes, do the, uh, that's what my boys do, uh, and just walk away, you know. And you know what my dad would immediately say? He'd say, stop right there. You better get back in here, and you better watch your attitude. Your dad said it too, or you said it this morning. Some of you are like trying to get your kids ready for church, and you're like, you watch your attitude. And you know you're mad when you start speaking through your teeth, right? You're like, watch your attitude. Because that's what you do when you're angry or when you're in public and you don't want people to know that you're mad at your kids. Like at Target. Get over here right now. That's what I do. Come on, whoop your tail. You're getting in that car. And then you see somebody that you know at Target, you're like, Lord bless you. We love you. Get in the car. Watch your attitude. Your attitude. I submit that it's your attitude that determines a lot about your relationship with God and with others. That your attitude is, is the key to experiencing your, your uh, faith on a, a new level. That it could be your attitude that's keeping you um, being a jerk face in life. That it's not that some of you need another Bible study. It's not that some of you need to, to go to another small group because maybe you already go to three or four, but it hasn't changed your attitude. It's not that you need more information. It's not that you need um, just an, a, another verse to memorize or something to obey, but it's the way that you're obeying what it is that you believe. And it could be it's your attitude. Attitude. This is the definition of attitude. Your behavior regarding what you believe. In other words, it's the way that you believe what you believe. It's, it's, it's what you believe expressed in your behavior. And the, here's what I believe. It's your attitude as a follower of Jesus, the way you express what you believe that could be a key in your life. So today we're going to talk about having a good old-fashioned attitude adjustment. That some of our attitudes are out of alignment, that we're doing the whole bobblehead thing, that we need somebody to crack our neck to get our attitudes back in alignment. In fact, if you want to jot down a title, I'm calling this attitude alignment. That's what we're going to talk about. Somebody say attitude. attitude. You know it's true, that old adage that says it's your attitude that determines your altitude in life. That's so true. And I think it's your attitude that determines your altitude in your relationship with God. It's your attitude that determines whether your relationships are in alignment that are going to be powerful in your life or if those relationships with one another are going to be painful in your life. It's your attitude that determines a lot because there are people with lesser skill but a, a greater attitude that, that have gone a lot further than people that have, you know, a lot of skill but a terrible attitude. Just look at some NFL players, right? Just look at some athletes that have, you know, great skill but terrible attitudes. And sometimes it's those that, that have a little less skill but a great attitude that takes them so much further in life. It's not riches that are going to determine how far you go in this life. It's going to be an attitude that you have. It's all a part of your attitude. It's not that you just respond to things that happen to you in your life, but it's the way you respond to those things. I like what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% what 
the way I react to it. And that's so true. It's all about how we respond, our attitude, to the things that happen in our life. So you're in charge. Only you can choose how you're going to respond to things that happen in your life. It's your attitude. It's your attitude that will determine the quality of those relationships, your earthly ones, but also your heavenly one as well. I would say it's your attitude that determines your success in your career. Because I don't know about you, but when I hire people to be a part of our staff here at the church, I would rather hire someone with a little less skill but a great attitude than someone with, you know, a lot of skill that shows up to work every day. And I'm like, you're Eeyore. Like, why are you here, right? <laughs> Mopey. Come on, somebody. I'm telling the truth. Like, you don't want to show up with that person every day. So it's a lot has to do with your attitude and your earthly relationships, but also in your heavenly ones. And that's what we're going to talk about. How you respond to life determines whether you are a jerk face or not. How you respond to circumstances in life. Are you going to relegate your attitude to, to the circumstances or, you know, are you going to decide it doesn't matter what the world throws at me, that I can walk through this fire, but I don't have to smell like smoke. I'm going to have a good attitude. You with me? Like, I, I can go through a storm, but it doesn't have to cause me to drown because I'm going to have a, a good attitude. Someone say Attitude. All right, we're going to talk four ways on how to align our attitudes, to have an attitude alignment, or as my mother would say, which I don't know if your mama said this, but my mom always said, you better straighten up and fly right. That's what she would tell me to do. Straighten up, straighten up, fly right. Have a good attitude. And here's why we're talking about this. Not just because it's a part of this, the series, don't be a jerk face, but also because I think if anyone should have a good attitude, it should be followers of Jesus. Like I think if we're going to point people to who Jesus is, then it's, it's by our love. It's by the way we love one another, right? That they will see Jesus in and through our lives. So if anyone should have a good attitude, it should be followers of Jesus. And I realize that's not everyone in this room. Like if you're, again, if you're just checking this whole church thing out, we're so glad that you are here. We're gonna talk about how to align our attitudes. Here's the first thing that you have to do for an attitude alignment. And that is, number one, choose your tude. You get to choose. In fact, I will put in parentheses in your notes the word daily. Choose your tude daily. It's not a weekly thing. It's not a monthly thing. It's not a uh, I did at one point in my life kind of thing. It is a daily thing that you have to choose your attitude. Here's what the Bible says, Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, look at what it says. Two things I want you to see. Let us, somebody say let us. It doesn't say let God. It says let us. In other words, that there's some human responsibility in choosing what we do. I think there's a myth that as soon as we cross the line of faith and we come to know, you know, Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that God is going to do everything for us in our life. And God wants to do some amazing things in your life and through your life, but you have a responsibility in it. Like, you have to, to take part in it. That's why it says, let us, let us choose. Let us have a, a, a responsibility. Let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that's causing us to have a, a bad attitude, a negative attitude in life. We have a role. Let us throw off everything that hinders. And then it says it again, let us run with perseverance. We have a responsibility. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is 
lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything that is excellent or anything worthy of praise, what's that next word? It says to think, right? It starts in your mind, right? Because it's our thinking that drives our living. And so it begins there. We need to think about those things. What you have learned and have received and have heard and seen in me, then it says practice these things. Underline that. Highlight that. We're going to come back to that. That's huge. Practice these things. Because it says, and the God of peace, when you do that, will be with you. How many of you know you can have a good attitude when the God of peace is with you? When you feel like there's peace in your life, when you feel like everything is aligned, where there's power in that alignment. Paul is saying whatever is honorable, lovely, noble, worthy of praise, that that's what you should think about. Now, some of you, I love you, but your attitude stinks. And the reason why it stinks is because you wake up and you choose to think about things that aren't honorable. You choose to start your day out with maybe hate-filled things. You choose to, you know, first thing, open up social media and, and see what, you know, rant somebody is posting. And that sets the tone for your day. You choose to think about the things that are negative. You choose to think about things that are maybe nasty or, or unpure. And you allow those things to marinate in your mind. And how many of you know what eventually is kind of like marinating over and over in your mind will come out in your life? Again, it's your thinking that's driving the way that you live. And that's what you're choosing to think about. And I've taught you this before, that we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. There's three parts to who we are. Our spirit, by the way, is the part that lives on forever. That we all have a spirit man inside of us that will live on. But our soul is our is our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions, right? It's how, how we deal with those things. And for some of us, the reason why, the reason why we, we have a bad attitude is because we wake up and here's what we say. Okay, soul, you can feel whatever you want. You can think whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to submit, you know, my will to to the spirit that's living inside of me, to what God wants me to do, right, to his plan for my life. But soul, mind, will, emotions, you can feel however you want to feel. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want my, any outside circumstances to dictate the way that I feel and how I go about my life. So I have to choose daily. You have to wake up and say, uh-uh. Like, it's not how you want to feel. It's how God wants me to feel. Because it says this, check this out. Practice these things. Has anybody ever practiced anything before? Raise your hand. Practiced anything? Yeah, some of you are not raising your hand because you have a bad attitude. See, I, I just knew it. You don't want to play along. I'm not doing that. Stupid. Jerk face. Because you've practiced before and you're lying. And here's what I know. Because you can walk. And the way you learned how to walk is because you practice walking. Right? As, a, as an infant, like you pulled yourself up on the couch or whatever it was, took a step, and then you fell over, and then you practiced it. You pulled yourself up again, took a, another couple steps and fell over. You look like a drunk little toddler and just kind of keep falling over. But eventually, you learned how to walk. And the reason why you learned to walk is because you practiced it. And then you get older again. You get more seasoned in life, and you start falling over again and breaking hips and all kinds of things because it's a circle of life. The circle of life, you know, just goes around and around. But when you're practicing something, it means you're learning something new, right? You're, 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 you're learning to do something that you weren't able to do before. And when you're practicing it, at first it's awkward. 
doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't move right, right? It just, it kind of, it feels, it feels awkward. And I, I thought about that, and I thought about how that relates to our faith. When Paul says, you got to practice these things. I don't think there is any other area of our life where we, this is what we do. We say, uh, all right, well, I can practice in all these different areas of my life, these things that I'm learning. Maybe it's in sports and athletics. But when it comes to my faith, we say things like, well, if I have to practice it, then it's inauthentic. If I have to practice it, then maybe it didn't take. Maybe it's not true in my life. Maybe I'm not even a, a follower of Jesus if I have to, to practice these things. It's not authentically who I am. Well, how will you ever learn? How will you ever learn to think on things that are worthy of praise and noble and admirable and commendable if you don't practice these things? Which means you got to stop yourself. Whenever you're going to the negative, whenever you go to the, you know, I don't like this or I hate this or you wake up, you know, and you're grumpy, whatever it is, like you have to stop and say, no, I'm going to practice thinking about things that are lovely, that are admirable. Paul says it this way, that we are to take hold of every thought, take it captive and make it obedient to Christ, which I take great comfort in the fact that even Paul, this great man of God, right, obviously he had some thoughts that weren't so great. They had some thoughts that would have made him a jerk face. And he said, I got to practice grabbing these thoughts and thinking about things that are lovely and admirable and praiseworthy. And we got to practice it. Listen to me. You choose. You get to choose your two. So what are you choosing? Here's the second thing I want you to jot it down. The way we get in alignment with our attitude. And that is we have to reset your preset. Everybody has a preset. In other words, we all have a bent towards a certain kind of attitude. Maybe the way you were brought up, uh, because of the environment you were raised in, maybe your attitude is bent towards the negative, that you see everything through, you know, kind of glasses half empty, uh, kind, of, kind of eyes and lenses. But we all have a preset in our attitude, and we have to reset our preset towards the things of God or towards godly things in our life. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He said, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. In other words, we're, we're rich in the things that actually matter the most. He says we own nothing, and yet we have everything. In other words, he's saying everyone could look at our circumstance and situation and go, that's heartache. And Paul goes, yeah, you could say that, but we choose instead to have joy. Like everybody could say, well, that's, that's painful. Yeah, but I have a predisposition of rejoicing in my life. Are you getting this? Like I've decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose joy. That when it looks like I don't have anything, like I, I believe that I have everything in Christ Jesus. That when you think I'm poor, I'm actually very rich in the things that matter the most. Because that's my preset. I'm just determined I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to believe I have everything in Christ. So what's your preset? Like, what is your natural bent? What is your outlook that you have in life? And by the way, I'm not talking about personality, all right? Personality isn't your, your attitude because people will say, well, I'm just, I'm just a, a, a grumpy person. I, I just have a, a, a grumpy personality. It's my personality. No, it's not. You're, you're just a jerk face. That's what you are. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as a grumpy personality, right? You could have a driven personality, 
You could have an introverted or an extroverted kind of personality, but there's no such thing as a grumpy personality. What you have is a grumpy attitude that you get to choose, that you get to choose what, what your preset is going to be, that whether it's heartache is what Paul said, my situation is heartache. So listen to me. I'm not saying that tough stuff won't happen. And that doesn't mean that you're going to go through life, you know, with a smile on your face all the time while you are dying on the inside. That's not what I'm saying at all. That you're going to, tough things are going to happen. But what Paul is saying, and what I think God is telling us, is that in the middle of that heart, heartbreak, I get to choose how I'm going to live my life. That in the, the middle of it, I'm not going to allow that circumstance to dictate my attitude. In the middle of it, I'm going to decide that God has something for me. That he wants to do something in and through me in the middle of this heartbreak that I'm facing. Are you with me? That I get to choose. I get to have a, a preset. So what's your preset? Like what's your, your, your preset attitude when you wake up? Because for some of us, like you can go to Starbucks and they mess up your order and it's ruined your day. I'm telling the truth. Because that's your preset. You, you, you woke up that way. If you're going to take charge of your attitude, if you're going to be in alignment with the things of God, you have to determine, well, my preset is to look for the best in people. My preset in my marriage is to, is to say my spouse is for me, not against me, that we're, we're in this together. My preset in my workplace. Are you guys getting this? That we have to have a preset reset in our life. And by the way, this is not... Um, you know, Dr. Phil, power of positive thinking kind of stuff, because we can't do this without the Holy Spirit's help. But he can begin to reset what's been preset in our life and give us a, a better outlook. Here's a third thing to help us get aligned in our attitude, and that is that we have to have a default to gratitude. You want to take control of being a jerk and a jerk face? Our default response in life must be one of Gratitude. Look what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in some circumstances in your life. Right? It doesn't say that. It says give thanks in all circumstances. The things that you go through, good and bad, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I've heard other people preach this. And, and, and say, well, this is saying that it's God's will for you to go through hell and to go through tough times. That's not what the Bible says. But it does say that you will go through tough times, and when you do, that it's God's will for you to give thanks for it. No matter what, in all things, like through all things, that we are to have a posture, a default attitude of gratitude. That we are to give thanks. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. That we give thanks in all things, at all times, we give thanks. What would your life look like? And if that was your default, if that was your default attitude, no matter what you face, that you would give, give thanks. That it wasn't, everybody knows this person, that's all, all doom and gloom. Like the, it wasn't that somebody, you go to somebody and say, hey, it's a beautiful day outside, which it is, by the way. We got some beautiful weather today. You say, it's a beautiful day outside. And their response was, yeah, but it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, first of all, if you're that person, can I tell you, um, the other person is, is thinking, how can I get out of this conversation, right? <laughs> like, how can I end this quickly? Like, I, I'm so done. And second, second of all, that person, no one likes a complaining Carl or a negative Nancy, right? That person, you don't have no friends on 
Instagram. No one likes your Insta story. People are unfollowing you with you, you know, not knowing about it. I'm just trying to help you out. No one likes that person. But if you're, that's your default, that you're constantly complaining, constantly looking at, at the negative. Like, what if your default was gratitude in alignment with, with God? And that's not saying, don't hear me, that you will never be disappointed in life that that thing didn't come through or that that door that you thought was open didn't open. I'm not saying that. That would be naive for me to say that, right? That life doesn't happen, that we're not disappointed. Like having a default of gratitude does not make you immune to disappointment. But here's what it does do, by the way. when, When things do happen, when things are disappointing in your life, you can say, you know what, that door closed for me. But I know that in all things, God works for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So if he closed that door, it means he's got a better door open for me. Amen? Are you with me? Come on. Like if, if she broke up with me, then God's got Miss America waiting on me later on. All right? You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, yes, that's why I'm here. Or, or if, you know, I, you know, something didn't happen in my favor, well, I know I'm still in the favor of God. Well, if that door closed... He's got something better. That's my default to gratitude, that I'm always looking to God knowing that he has something better. He's going to work it all out for my good. What if you did that in life? Everything you were facing, everything you were up against, every circumstance, that that was your default, that you gave thanks. Here's what I want you to get. I want you to to adopt an I will praise about you. This is what David said in Psalm 9-1. He said, I will praise you, O Lord. I, with all of my heart, I will tell of your wonders. I will do it. This is what he's saying, that I'm going to, my will, my, my soul, my emotions, my will, I'm, I'm not going to let someone else dictate how I feel, but I will praise. I will thank God. I will have a default of gratitude no matter what it is that I face. I will, I will. Somebody get a, an I will spirit. Or that's your default, a default of, of thanks and gratitude. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. And that is, okay, Colby, how do we do this? How do we have a, a default to gratitude? How do we, you know, reset our preset? I think here's the best way for us to do it. Number four, focus on forever. Like, let's make sure that we are fixed on what matters the most. Because here's what James said in 4.14. And I really want you to get the end of this verse. Uh, He says that, uh, what is your life? You're a mist. You just appear for a short while and then you're gone. In other words, he's saying it it doesn't really matter how much time you think you have on this earth. Like it could be 60 years, 70 years. This this week I did a funeral for a guy who was 76 years old. You might think you have 80 years. You might think you have 90 or 100 years. He's like, that's not the point. Like in the scope of eternity, your life is this small. Like it's, it's a blip. And I think the reason a lot of times we are jerk faces to those around us is because we have such a, a temporary mindset. And we're just worried about all these things that ultimately aren't gonna last. All these things that ultimately are gonna, gonna burn away. This is the way Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we don't look at these troubles these things that we are up against right now that we can see, but rather we focus on forever. We fix our eyes, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see for the things we see now are gonna be gone. And I feel so sorry for people who put all of their 
value all of their focus in the earth basket. You know what I'm saying? Like things that are just matter for here and now. Like I feel so sorry for people who get anxious and upset and distressed over things that ultimately don't matter. It doesn't matter. And when you change your perspective from a temporary one to an eternal one, it will change your attitude. You'll have an attitude of, of gratitude. You will reset your presets in life. You'll be able to choose every single day. I'm not living for what's here. Now I'm living for eternity, he says, because the things we cannot see will last forever, forever. When you start to look beyond yourself, when you start to fix your eyes on, on forever, then you get a bitter, bigger picture of your life. It'll change your attitude. Now here's the tension that we'll wrestle with. Uh, someone said, don't be so, you know, earthly minded that you're no heavenly good, but don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. It's a tension that we have to live in. That there are always going to be trouble, there's always going to be jerk faces, but if you want your relationships to be in alignment, you want them to be powerful, you want them to have, have potential to, to be encouraging and building and uplifting, you better make sure that your first and foremost your priority relationship is in alignment, that you have the mind of Christ, that you don't just worry about the what God has asked you to do or the what he's told us to do in scripture. It's important, but I think so is the way that we do it, the way that we love each other, the way that we care for each other, the way that we treat one another, the way we, we practice thinking about things that are lovely and pure and noble and praiseworthy, that it takes practice. Don't get distressed when you don't do it right all the time, but practice it. In fact, here's what I want us to do. If you bow your heads, close your eyes. Just right now, what are some of your presets in life? Are you bent towards negative? Are you, are you seeing life through lenses of, of past pain or, or whatever it is that, that kind of shapes your attitude for the day? Maybe today you would ask God's spirit, God, give me a, a reset in my heart and in my mind. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me to, to focus on, on things that are lovely and praiseworthy and noble and right. Help my words be words of encouragement to, to build one another up, not to, to tear them down. Help me to get my relationships in alignment so they can be powerful. Because maybe they're painful right now. And ultimately help me to fix my eyes on things that will last. Because when I do that, and I forget about these things that don't matter so much. They're not as big a deal as I thought it was when I can focus on eternity. God, I pray for us today that we would be a people of joy where everyone would look on our lives and say, that should be heartache. That we'd be a people that say, we take possession of everything in Christ Jesus when other people would say, you have nothing. And that we would be a people that, that are rich in what matters most when everyone else thinks that maybe we don't have everything that the world thinks is valuable. But that we'll be rich in what matters most. And what matters most is, is things that last forever. People, spirits. And as we're praying right now for those of you that maybe you've, you've never thought about eternity. You've never fixed your eyes on that. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You should know that 
that for God so loved you that he sent his son into this world to, to die for you so that you could spend eternity with him because there's a lot more to this life than just this life, than what you're going through right now. That the vast majority of your life is spent in eternity. And those who call on the name of Jesus, who confess their sin, who believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for their sin, will be saved, will have a full life in this life, but will also live with him in eternity. And maybe you've never crossed that line of faith. I wanna help you do that today. I wanna point you to Jesus, the only one who is worthy of our praise, the only one who can save us from our sin because all of us have it. And in a second, I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer that does that. I'm gonna give you language to pray. You can use your own words, but just make it your own. And believe in your heart that, that God raised Jesus from the dead so you would be saved too. If you'd say, Colby, when you pray that, I'm praying right along with you with every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just hold your hand up high right now? I just wanna see who I'm praying with. Awesome, awesome, praise God for you. Yes, yes, so many. You can put your hands down. Just say something like this, you can use your own words. Say, Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I can't do this apart from you. I know that my, my sin keeps me from you. And so today I repent and I believe that that you died on the cross to save me from my sin, past, present, and future, so I confess you as Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead so I could be raised to new life, to a full life, that everything that has happened in my life, God, you can use for your glory in Christ Jesus. And so today, I'm a follower of yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you guys, celebrate with those.